Welcome to the Operate Intelligently podcast, the podcast for all things operations. We're here at Dude University with another interview. Today we have David Marcus, who is the campus business manager at D. Toledo High School. Dave, welcome to the podcast. Thank you very much. It's a pleasure to be here and uh, really awesome actually to be at Dude U. You know, this, there's something really exciting about being here. Um, this is, I think, my sixth or so uh, Dude U, and uh, it's great to be back. Well, we're glad you were able to make it and join us. So tell us a little bit about, you know, your role and what you do. I'm called the campus business manager, but essentially I'm the director of facilities. Mm-hmm. And I'm responsible for the maintenance, any construction work, rentals, and the security of our campus. Um, we're a 9 through 12 high school. We're faith-based. We're a Jewish school. And uh, we've got about 400 students, and we do a bang-up job of rentals. And uh, we're open about 360 days a year between school and rentals and other activities. Mm-hmm. And uh, you actually spoke today. Could you tell us a little bit about the session that you spoke about? My session today was on crisis management. And it's something that is in everyone's minds. Um, It certainly is in uh, the minds of many people in different schools across the nation. Um, Just uh, recently, Charlotte had a a very tragic incident, which is very close to home here. Um, Not that long ago, um, very close to home to us in San Diego, um, there was a synagogue in Poway where someone was murdered, um, and even six months ago there was a synagogue where I believe 18 or so people were murdered, and there are other school incidents in between, and crisis management really is something that we all need to take, uh, uh, be aware of and uh, do something about and uh, be proactive as opposed to reactive. It's really easy to be reactive. Um, it's much less expensive and much simpler. But if we take a proactive stance, um, that makes it easier if the incident either happens directly to us or somewhere around us or to someone that we know about. Yeah, I agree. I think, uh, you know, we've talked a lot about emergency preparedness on the podcast, and I think crisis management falls kind of in that same category. And, you know, when, when something does happen, you don't have time to kind of figure it out and put a plan together. And that's why, you know, crisis emergency management planning is so important because then you've kind of got that playbook to go to, you know, who to call, who's in charge, kind of how to uh, handle the different entities that you have to deal with and such. Right, and actually um, one of the takeaways that uh, I want people to really have when they leave the, uh, the session is that you drill and you train and you drill and you train and you do more of it. And it's unfortunate that we have to do it And um, from an educational standpoint, um, there's always kickback from the teachers and from the uh, principals saying, we're here to educate our kids. We don't have time for this. Um, But um, my comeback is we need to have a safe environment. If we don't have a safe environment, we can't educate. And um, so to do that, we've got to do drills, um, unfortunately, at least on a monthly basis. um, Different schools, different situations uh, will vary. But it's really important. So you were able to use uh, your school as kind of a case study almost and and a blueprint for others to to learn from. Without telling everyone all of our security uh, secrets? Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, Yeah, more from a process and and preparation standpoint. Right, absolutely. That's great, that's great. So what do you see as, like, really exciting trends coming up within operations and operations management? 
going backwards, it was like 20 years ago, I remember getting my first cell phone, and it was this brick. It was the size of a brick. Um, and now it's um, less than the size of my palm and much, much thinner. And um, I think that um, automation is a big thing for what's going to be happening in the next 20 years. Um, the type of automation, I can't fully tell you. I'm not, uh, I'm not technically inclined in those areas, but uh, when we're looking at 3D and all kinds of interesting items to make people's jobs quicker and easier, um, the only thing that is partially unfortunate about it is people lose some jobs yeah. when we have too much automation. Mm -hmm. But um, I knew what the dude is doing is going to be some great advantages for schools and making them uh, more productive um, and more cost effective. And um, really, we want kids to go to our schools. We want to have better schools. And to do that, we do need money. And um, some of the items that uh, the dude comes across makes it much more easier so that we can afford different items. Mm -hmm. You know, that's an interesting point you make about, um, you know, automation, and we see it in any industry, not just uh, operations and maintenance, but I think one of the best things I've heard sometimes from our clients is how it helps them justify keeping their, their technicians. Um, say prior, they had a hard time making that justification and, and having the data and being able to report on it easily, and now they're able to go back and say, I need these guys, here's the volume of workload they have. If we don't, then we'll create a much worse backlog and, and other things can happen. Absolutely, and that's something that I've shared with our leadership. Um, they ask why we need a building engineer, for example. Not a cheap uh, position, an expensive position. Um, but when you take a look at the cost to have someone from off-site come on to fix an air conditioning or electrician or plumbing, um, it just right there, the cost effect mm -hmm. is out of it. And then you've got the customer service. Mm -hmm. um, when you're going to call, the chances are they're not going to be there till the next day. Yeah. And if you've got an on-site person, um, customer service is so, so important for any and every school. And to fix something as soon as possible. And you're not going to have everything fixed by that person and for either time or expertise. But at least you've got a great start. And it's a good reason to have a good, clean uh, maintenance staff on hand when possible. Well, and, and also, you know, I'm assuming they're, they're more familiar with the equipment, they're familiar with the buildings, they're familiar with all the different things, whereas somebody coming in off-site, it takes them a while to get, you know, acclimated to the different things. They may not know, you know, where your inventory is or whatever and have to keep coming back and asking you certain questions. Absolutely. That's something worth money in itself. And you've got someone who knows uh, the equipment, how it's been handling, the problems it's had or has not had, mm -hmm. what's new, not new, how to get to the different places of the campus the quickest. Um, all of those are, are valuable assets that go into the picture. And usually having someone on staff um, is much, much more valuable. You can't even count um, in dollars and cents the value. Um, you, hopefully you've got some wise people who see that. I want to thank David for coming and sharing his experiences here at Dude University. David, thank you. My pleasure. Thank you very much. Thank you for listening to the Operate Intelligently podcast produced by Dude Solutions. You can reach us by emailing bspodcast at dudesolutions.com or check us out on the web at dudesolutions.com.